This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me in on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. You can find me on Twitter and be sure to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel where you get all the content uh, in video form on one platform. So we've got a really interesting show for you today because it's, we're, we're going to talk about something that, that relates to um, Israeli Americans, American Israeli Olim, um, big issues that are out there that I get asked uh, about all the time. And uh, we decided to bring on an expert. And the expert's name is Ron Zalbin. Ron is a partner in the CPA firm of Abelafia Avital and Sharansky. He's a certified public accountant in both the U.S. and Israel. He helps individuals and companies understand their tax liabilities to both countries. He's been in Israel for a long time. He's been in Israel since 2002, hailing from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How do you like that? He's like a cheesehead. Ron Zalman, welcome to the show. Thanks for the great introduction, Aaron. <laughs> it's my, it only gets better from here. Excellent. <laughs> um, so, Ron, let, let's let's just dive right in. Um, there's a big issue out there that that I get asked about all the time, and it's called a PFIC. Um, that that's the acronym. Can you first of all tell us what a PFIC is, and then we'll get into you know how you know what to do with them. Sure. A PFIC actually stands for Passive Foreign Investment Company. It's a, um, a investment vehicle. Typically, it's known as the typical example as a mutual fund. And this Congress uh, didn't like so much. People were investing in foreign mutual funds, and they weren't uh, declaring, declaring the income to the states. And in 1986, they passed legislation that made things much more difficult for people who are owning foreign mutual funds, primarily. So it's not just an Israeli issue, right? It's like for Americans. No, it's totally worldwide. Okay. And it means what? That you, you, you're, you're, let's say what we're unable to invest in and what we're able to invest in. Well, you are able to invest in a PFIC. The problem is the taxation is quite punitive if you decide to invest in these investment vehicles. And the classic, the classic example is a, a mutual fund or a foreign ETF. But there are other investment vehicles as well. Real, would real estate vehicles, real estate deals be? Generally, generally no. Uh-huh, okay. And when you talk about punitive or prohibitive taxation, what are you talking about? You're not talking about a 20 or 25% uh, rate, correct? No, you're generally talking about ordinary rates, which can be up to 37%. And in some cases with the interest calculation, it can be up to, I've seen it as bad as 60%. Wow. And that's, is that an annual, is that like on phantom gains or is that on, uh, you know, realized capital gains or, or how do they calculate that? So we've got a couple different ways where we can be taxed on these quote unquote PFICs. 
The first one is every year we can recognize the buildup or the, the increase in value. So let's say we last year it was worth 100 and now it's worth 110. We can recognize the $10 of phantom income. Um, disadvantage of that is we have no foreign tax to offset it. And the foreign tax generally is when, when we get out of the vehicle. The second way is we can recognize income on a yearly basis, something called the QEF election. The downside for this is generally we don't have that information. For example, in a US mutual fund, and this is the whole reason why the legislation was passed, the, the mutual fund has to pass through the interest, the dividends and the capital gains. So in this QEF election, we have to do the same thing. But the problem is nine times out of 10, particularly for the Israeli mutual funds, that information isn't available. So that option's out. And the last option is where we had, I talked about the 60% where we recognize the gain when we sell it. Let's say we hold the, the mutual fund or the QE, the, I'm sorry, the PFIC for 10 years. So what they're going to say is we're going to go and tax you at the highest rate, which is either 37% or a higher rate because in previous years it was at 39.5%. And we're going to say, okay, we're going to, let's say we held it for 10 years, we're going to give you an interest charge. One tenth of the tax we're going to say is relating to 10 years back. So compute interest on 10 years, one tenth goes to nine years back, eight years back, seven years back. It, it's just horrible. You do get the, the, the tax credit for Israeli taxes paid or taxes paid in another country. But in, in some cases, the, the spread between the US tax and the Israeli tax plus the interest tax interest charge can be can be humongous so for an american who lives abroad or in israel um and they want to invest locally what's left bank deposits um they can invest in outright bonds or, or outright stocks so individual securities and those That's don't those will be treated as regular you know you'll have capital gains and dividends and and that's okay correct Americans can still invest in the in these PFICs, but they should understand that that it's going to be problematic from a taxation point of view. And if you go to to your Israeli bank, this is probably what they're going to suggest that you invest in. Uh huh. So it's an issue. It's a real big issue. I mean, I get all the time that I you know people show me their local uh, investments, and it's like you better go speak to your accountant because you're going to be in trouble, right? You're, yeah, most I, people I, are not holding individual securities when they're you know investing in foreign uh, countries. I see it all the time. They go to their bank, the investment advisor, and the bank recommends them to go into to these mutual funds, Karen Nemanut, which makes sense for an Israeli who's not an American, but it's absolutely horrible. And the investment advisors don't understand this issue. Little by little, I see that they're recognizing that this is as a problem, but most investment advisors here in Israel still don't understand this issue. Right. So what, I'll tell you what I tell people to do who really are, are, are gung-ho about investing locally, let's say, is mm -hmm. I tell them to create their own little mini market tracker, right? You can, you can take, you know, the 15 or 20 biggest Israeli companies by market cap and just, you know, equally uh, uh, invest in each one. And you've basically created a vehicle to, to track the market on the one hand, and on the other hand, you're PFIC free and uh, much more tax efficient and friendly. Great advice. Okay. Um, Ron, before we continue, how can people get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, I can be reached at 02-629-4272 or ron at abulafia, A-B-O-U-L-A-F-I-A dot C-O dot I-L. And our website is abulafia, 
A-B-O-U-L-A-F-I-A.co.il. Great. So this is the Aaron Katzman Show, and we are speaking to you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. Feel free to follow me on Twitter and subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. So we're speaking with um, tax expert for American and Israelis, Ron Zalbin, who's a partner at Abulafia Avital and Sharensky. Um, we just spoke about the whole PFIC issue, which is a fascinating issue in and of itself. And now I wanna to speak about another issue, which I get all the time. I get emails from, from people all the time and they say, you know, I've been in Israel for eight years. I've been in Israel for nine years and I know that I'm allowed a 10 year tax exemption. What should I do now? with my investments in the state. So first of all, Ron, can you speak a little bit about just what this exemption is? Sure, for 10 years, Israel gives you a tax holiday and exemption on your foreign-based income that usually includes interest, dividends, capital gains, rental income, royalty income. And the other one is if you actually have work income that's earned outside of Israel. For example, if you have somebody that's an emergency room doctor and they actually go to work abroad that is also considered exempt. But if you sit here in Israel and work, that income is considered subject to tax in Israel. Often people will have a mix of going between Israel and abroad. And part of that income will be subject to tax and some part of that income will be exempt depending on generally it's on the number of days. And they, but there are other ways that you can calculate that as well. Okay. So somebody who comes on Aliyah, right? Moves to Israel. Um, and he works in Israel, let's say, all of his investments, he's got, let's say he has an account, a brokerage account in the States or real estate in the States, mm -hmm. any capital gain or uh, dividends and interest payment is going to be, he's obviously going to have to pay on that in the U.S., but he's not going to have to pay uh, in Israel. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And then once that 10-year window or that exemption passes, then what happens? Is there such a concept of double taxation? It's not, there's no double taxation, but both countries will, will be sub, generally subjecting your income to tax. The treaty outlines on who gets the first right to tax it. Sometimes we call it first bite. For example, if you have interest from the states, the first or dividends from the states, the first right to tax that, that income will be to the US, and Israel will have to give you a credit for the US tax. Israel taxes you at 25%. Let's say you pay 10% tax in America, so Israel will get 15%. On capital gains, Israel has the first right to tax it, and the United States has to give a credit. Israel taxes it at 25%. Usually, America will tax it at a lower rate if they're long-term capital gains. So usually, the states won't, won't see a penny uh, on those, those types of investments. On pensions from the United States, um, because of the treaty, Israel gets the first right to tax it. And because of the Israeli internal law, you'll pay whatever you would have paid to America, you pay to Israel. So you're no better or worse off. So if you would have paid $1,000 on your IRA distributions, or your 401k distributions in America, you pay, the, pay that tax to Israel, you take credit on it on your US return. So again, there's no, people are always worried that they're gonna get doubly taxed. What it basically they won't means get, is that they have they to pay the double. higher rate. That's, That's correct. The big thing that you have to watch out for is uh, municipal interest because that's tax-free in the States, but not tax-free here uh -huh. in Israel. Okay. So you're gonna 
you're going to pay zero in the States and you're going to pay 25% in Israel. And what about, how does that fit? Okay. So what about then, let's say uh, you spoke about pensions, but what about social security? How does social, social security sec figure into it? Yeah. Social security is tax-free both in the United States and in Israel because of the treaty. Okay. Even in the 10 years and after the 10 years. So that's a fantastic and so people who are situation. thinking of coming on Aliyah who are, who are uh, retired already, you should know that, first of all, you get your 10-year exemption. So you're not going to have to worry about uh, paying the higher rate uh, in Israel, uh, number one. Number two, there is no double taxation. That's very important for people to know. And number three, you should know that you're going to get your, your Social Security in its, uh, in its entirety. Exactly. Okay. That's great. For people, one thing that's interesting for people that get federal, state, or local pensions from the states, even after the ten years, it'll be exempt in uh, in Israel because of the treaty. So if you've got a federal pension, again, state pension, local pension, totally exempt in in Israel after the ten years, as long as the treaty stays in force, it still will be taxable in the United States, though. Okay. And let's say one more thing. Let's say I come to Israel and. Um, I'm in my mid 60s and I decide to take Social Security, but I'm still working. I'm working full time. Mm -hmm. I'm working part time. Is there do I start losing or do I have a potential that I'm going to lose some of my Social Security? Depends if you're full retirement age or not. If you're not full retirement age, then yes, you're going to be losing some of your Social Security. And the rules, if you live abroad, are different from the rules that you if you live in, in, in the United States, the the threshold here is different. So it's something you, you have to check up on before you take out your social security because you may lose some of your benefits that way. And retirement age is, is defined as 67 for a man and 62 for a woman. Is it the Israeli no. retirement age or the American? No, it's the American retirement age. And you can look that up at ssa.gov because depending on your, your year of birth, it changes. Uh -huh. Generally it's around 66, 67. And they, is there like a table or a formula how much of your social security you would lose? Yeah, there's a formula okay. that you lose. When I have people that tell me that they're going to continue working, I tell them to wait to their, generally to wait to their full retirement age because it, it, it makes no sense for them to lose their benefits. Uh -huh. And one of the interesting things is if you decide to wait even later after full retirement age till age 70, you actually get more benefits. And you don't have to worry about- uh, That's correct, if your benefits being taken away. But you can, once you hit that age, you can still work conceptually. You can still have any kind, of, any kind of income and That's then correct. get your full social security benefit as well. Correct. That's interesting, okay. Ron, this has been great. I think we're gonna get you on again to talk about other issues because we could probably go on for, for, for hours uh, with all these tax issues which apply to uh, um, uh, Israeli Americans and, and Olim, but uh, I think we'll stop it here. I want to thank you so much. Once again, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Sure. They can reach me at 02-629-4272, ron at abulafia, A-B-O-U-L-A-F-I-A, that's co.al. I'm also on LinkedIn, and uh, our website is www.abulafia.co.il. And I'll put that information up in, in the notes of the, uh, the video as well so everybody can, can see it. Ron, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure. You've been watching the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. 
And if you got any questions or comments about this or any other show or topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.newcastle.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. And of course, subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel. Thanks so much for, for paying attention, and we'll see you soon.